I'm Sean McCormick, and this is Optimal Performance. Instead of waiting until your heart is damaged or old, maybe at the age of 30 or 40, you just switch out your heart. You die of old age. Most of the time, it's because of organ failure. It will be the equivalent of living in the 1800s and living on Mars. The Delta is giant. Someone in Generation X is high likelihood, well over 100. Whoa, swapping out organs so that you can live longer? Holy cow. If your mind's not blown yet, just wait, it will be. That, everyone, is Robin Farman Farmian, and she has a very unique last name, and she is an incredible, incredible wealth of resources when it comes to the future of medical care, of health optimization. Her origin story is absolutely bananas. I just just keep listening. She's a TEDx speaker, she's an author, and she is an investor at the cutting edge of futuristic medical treatments. And in this episode, we talk very deeply about how we can all be the CEO of our own health, how you can go about uh, fostering a team of people, hiring a team of people that will help you live your best life to optimize your health and your health care. We talk about how you democratize healthcare and what we can look forward to in the future, in addition to kind of wrapping your brain around what younger generations will experience as far as healthcare in the future. I mean, this is futurism, this is longevity, this is health optimization, this is really core biohacking health optimization content. You can find her everywhere. Farman Farmian is her last name. You can just Google her and enjoy. Please enjoy this episode because it is meant to give you the most important cutting edge information for you to live your most optimal life. Before we jump into this episode, I just want to say thank you again for continuing to listen to each of these episodes. You know, doing a weekly podcast like this takes a lot of work, takes a lot of time. And I would really appreciate if you took a moment to go investigate, go go listen to some of these sponsors of this of this podcast because there's a ton of great products and a ton of great services that are vetted extensively by myself that I want to pass on savings to you. I don't accept uh, sponsorship from just any old companies. I do my research and I, I think about this stuff very, very deeply. And I hope that, that you go investigate that because when, when you purchase products from these sponsors, it helps support this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Robin Farman Farmian. And I'm here with Robin Farman Farmian. She's a speaker. She's an entrepreneur. She's, we've had fun even just in the five minutes before I turn the mics on, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Woohoo! I am so excited to be here. I want to start your origin story for what really sort of empowered you to be this trailblazing health advocate is just like this in, incredible harrowing origin story that I feel really needs to kick this off. So if you would please tell us, tell us your Genesis story, we'd love to hear it. That always sounds like a superhero or the evil hero in the, you know, (laughs) my Genesis story. So yes, at the age of 16, I was misdiagnosed. By the time I was 19, I'd had my entire large intestine surgically removed. By the time I was 26, my doctors were telling me I was cured, but I was in pretty extreme pain. So they put me on 80 milligrams a day of methadone which you may as well be on heroin at that point. That is a massive dose. And I went to my doctor and I said, I need off this medication, I hate it. And she said, well, next step could be to surgically implant a morphine pump into your spine. And I was like, are you kidding? 
I was 26 years old. I'd had 43 hospitalizations, six major surgeries, three organs removed. And what I was hearing was I was gonna be a shut-in and unable to function for the rest of my life. And so I basically said a few swear words in my head and I went home that night, fired my entire healthcare team, dropped my own methadone dose by 40%. And so I went, you know, crawling across the floor for about a week going through pretty severe, essentially heroin withdrawal. And then I rebuilt my care team with doctors who worked with me as a team and a colleague. I ended up getting diagnosed correctly with Crohn's disease, put on a medication called Remicade. And within 24 hours of that very first dose, I went into remission. Now, if that doesn't want, if that doesn't act as a catalyst to be a a disruptive force to, you know, medical care and personal health. And I don't know what would, I mean, the, the, that is, I, th I think that there's so many people that feel disempowered by, by the health system, especially, you know, in the United States and in the West, it's just, you know, I see my doctor for 10 minutes and then I have a script that is one in a mailuge of whole bunches of different scripts that I'm taking now and I'm managing these in my right hand doctors and talking to my left hand specialist. I mean, in my family, both my parents, my grandparents, like it, it's just so common for people to feel confused, uh, disempowered in their own health, op not, not just healthcare, but health optimization. And, and so to hear that that's where you started and that you decided to, really change the way that you approached your health is inspiring. Like how, how, how much feedback do you get from people when you share that story there that they're like, Oh my God, I needed to hear that. I hear, I mean, at, at least weekly when I'm out and talking to people that they recently had gone to their doctor and they decided to channel Robin and channel the patient as CEO, which is the title of my first book from 2015. And that right there makes it all worth it, right? Because they literally are taking control because I taught them that they could. And that's a big deal because most people are not aware that they can. We've always been in this paternalistic healthcare society throughout the world, and for good reason, right? Because up until about 15 years ago, patients didn't really have a lot of access to information like they do now on the internet. And so it's been a paternalistic system and you go into your doctor and the doctor tells you what to do. And then as a little soldier, you march home and you, you're supposed to execute on his prescriptions or her prescriptions. But um, now, now we can take control and hmm. telling patients that they can is the game changer. I bet that there is, especially if you're sick or tired or sore or all of these things recovering from X, it's it, it's it must be tough to even wrap your brain around the fact that you have alternative options for how you seek health and vitality and i i assume that so many people are wondering well where do i start right i i i don't know what to do next i don't know where to call or where to turn besides reading reading your books and and listening to some of your talks and stuff like that like where what would you tell somebody who is totally new to this idea that they can be the CEO of their own health, like where, where do people start? First of all, just start with putting yourself as the CEO, right? And that's a massive shift, mind, uh, mind shift essentially. Now, 
the rest kind of falls into place because when you're the CEO, I'm not telling you to be a clinician or a diagnostician or to treat yourself in any way, shape or form. I am telling you to be the leader of your body and of your healthcare. And just like the CEO of a normal corporation, you're going to be, you need to surround yourself with the right healthcare professionals that you need at that time. So starting with things like a primary care doctor, right? And you take their advice and execute on the things that make sense for, you know, your lifestyle, which is the company, essentially, you're the CEO of your lifestyle, you're the CEO of your own company, and you know, okay, well, I want to be able to ski all winter long, I want to be able to travel, I want to be able to, um, not have headaches at night, whatever it is, whatever your goals are, you can work towards that with your team. So start out and get your primary care physician. Maybe look into some of the clinical grade uh, diagnostics and devices that you can have in the home, like the Apple Watch. It's simple, it's easy to use, and it gives you a lot more control of your health because it gives you information on yourself. Yeah, great. I, I definitely want to get into some of the med tech and biohacking and devices. And I, I mean, I I come from the frame of thought that I think the CGM is going to be one of the most important health innovations ever because we know how in trouble we are metabolically as a society. And and I and I hate to I hate to go doom and gloom, but I I I must. I feel like over the course of the last couple of years with the narrative shifting so many times and the here's what you should do with your body narratives, again, with science somewhere coming from somewhere that changes week to week, this idea of trusting in not just you know, three letter medical organizations globally and, and nationally, but it's hard to really trust what you're told generally. And, and again, I think that there is some pretty serious, like capital T trauma happening for people right now over the course of the last couple of years, whether it's an adverse reaction or whether it's, you know, masking policies or, 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 you know, their children's language acquisition plummeting over the, like, these are real things. And, and, and I've, I've never shied away from this type of stuff. So that's a lot of preamble, but given the fact that I think a lot of people are distrusting in institutions, how do we, how do we figure out who the right primary care doctor is for us? How do we decide which acupuncturist or chiropractor or specialist is, is trustworthy? Like, how do we how do we figure that out individually? Again, go back to thinking about your lifestyle and your life as a company, right? And if you were running a normal for-profit company, you would be interviewing 15 people for your assistant job. You'd be interviewing 40 people for your vice president job, right? And so why would healthcare be any easier than that? It's not right? It's the same exact thing. You're bringing on people, you go to the appointment and instead of like an interview, it's an, you know, a 10 minute appointment that is covered hopefully by your insurance company. And if you don't like them, don't go back. No one is ever telling you that you have to return to that exact same doctor hmm. ever. I think that's really important to be reminded of. I, I, I mean, uh, you did it a long time ago. You said, this is not working for me. I'm looking at an, at a, at a spinal implant 
morphine drip. Like that's where I draw the line. I'm going to, I'm going to need to find somebody new. And I think everybody, you're right. I think they have to figure out what, where their line is, what they want to, what sort of, what do they want to create for themselves in their lives? And I think a lot of that just takes energy and enthusiasm and in curiosity and empowerment. And that stuff is kind of sometimes hard to generate for the self, you know? Um, but, uh, you're worth it, right? I'm worth it. I'm worth taking the time and thinking deeply about what I put in my body and, and what I put on my body and what I surround my body with, which is what biohacking is like, do you use perfumes? Do you use, you know, are, are you consuming large amounts of plastic? Are you surrounded by EMF all day? These are things that like you have control over the same way that you have control over which doctors you choose to work with. Are they in alignment with, with what you want? It's such an important point. Maybe some words of encouragement for, for people who are looking to podcasts like this for solutions, for new ideas, maybe some words of encouragement to people to take their own health optimization into their own hands. So it's not ever about any one healthcare professional. Remember, these are your team and you're not gonna have a team of one behind you. You can bring on a team of five, 10, 20 different people. And that can include anything from a therapist to texting with a therapist, to your primary care, to a surgeon, just to a plain and simple life coach, right? Because that, that's the type of person who can also help you. And it's not an overnight thing. You're not supposed to be able to have a team tomorrow. If you were starting a company, it would take you a year at least to hire, what, 10 people for that, right? So healthcare is not gonna be any different. So I tell people to think about it, not just as that company that you're building, but what do you do when you're buying a house, when you're paying your taxes, right? When you are having a baby or getting married, you don't go and it doesn't take you 10 minutes to set those things up. Those are things that all of us as adults in the United States absolutely have to do every year. Well, not the marriage thing, but, <laughs> <laughs> but the taxes and the, or the buying of the car or paying your mortgage, all of these things are skills. And mm. the more you do it and the more you think about it as building that company, the better you're going to get at it. Yeah. It's only the first few steps that are terrifying. It's not just terrifying for you if you're sick. It is terrifying for everybody, everybody. So know that you are absolutely normal to be scared. Secondly, that it's not going to take you 10 minutes. This is an ongoing thing that you do throughout your life, right? And you will eventually get to that team that is absolutely perfect for you. Hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. You know, as a as a life coach and performance coach, obviously I'm going to advocate for people seeking, you know, <laughs> uh, coaches that will help help them navigate that place. Like, what do you want? Cool. Okay, let's make a plan to get that. Get that thing. Go get it. I I, I think you're I think you're right. And and sometimes it's just asking someone who's just a little bit further down the path than yourself. Maybe you're not ready for coaching or you know, uh, is there someone that, you know, within your network who seems to be like really healthy or that recovered from something really well, and now they look vibrant and awesome. Yeah. Just asking around to, to, to see how people do their thing. You can learn a lot in a really short period of time. That's awesome. Absolutely. Um, You're right. And I just want to make one point that uh, mm -hmm. with things like the life coaches uh, and like yourself, this is what I call the COO of the healthcare team. 
because a lot of us maybe you know maybe you've got grandma who's in you know late stage dementia or you've got some kids that are teenagers and so they can't be the ceos of their own healthcare so that's when you bring on the COO, and that's where someone like you could easily be the COO. Sometimes it's the primary care doc or a primary care type nurse at, at the clinic that could be the COO. Hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, let's talk about, let's talk about the most recent book, the, the idea, uh, which is entitled how AI can democratize healthcare. Can you define democratize for me? What do you mean by democratize? So essentially be able to give significantly more people access that otherwise do not have access. So when you're thinking about something like democratizing the internet, companies like SpaceX and Facebook or, or Meta or whatever it's called now, they are trying to really democratize connectivity into places that don't already have it right now. And because it gets them online, right? And so then democratizing healthcare is the same kind of thing. Getting people access that wouldn't normally be able to have access. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, then let's dive, let's dive into the book a little bit deeper because you know, anytime, anytime you see Ray Kurzweil read it and gave a testimonial and read a review, it's like, okay, there's that that's a that's a big one. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, obviously incredible inventor he's you know known for you know sort of transhumanism and 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 stuff like that wildly brilliant person anyway so that, that it just perked me up what are some ways and i think obviously we there's some little breadcrumbs from earlier in our conversation about how how to do this or where this goes but um maybe we'll start by by asking this question you know my, my kids are um nine i had to think for a second <laughs> nine, <laughs> nine nine and six and do you think by the time that they are starting their own families, that their health, healthcare, health optimization will be that drastically different than from what I experienced as a kid? It will be the equivalent of living in the 1800s and living on Mars. Like the Delta is giant. We are right now experiencing a massive shift in healthcare delivery to the patient's home. So back to the 1950s, right? When, when doctors went door to door, but it's like the 1950s on steroids because we're moving from sick care to continuous care. A lot of these AI software programs really enable being able to monitor and measure every aspect of your health 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And these same types of systems can flag you and your care team, whether that's a primary care physician or a health coach, that there's a problem, right? And so catching problems before they actually get to be severe problems requiring things like the emergency room and hospitalizations. 1800s to Mars. <laughs> I I like that. I think we're all ready for that. I think we're all ready. And we are so early to this idea. Obviously, you know, a Fitbit or a whoop strap or even a CGM is just the beginning of how we are able to know what's going on inside of our bodies and looking at trends and making even predictions about, whoa, you're going to get sick like in 10 hours type of thing, which I've heard a bunch of times now through different guests and so forth. Um, 
where does how else does it shift besides the the sort of um the monitoring that's happening all the time and and i think of that as you know that's sick care to like constant you know constant monitoring and then i think further down the stream is like performance optimization um what what else what other sort of features of this future of of healthcare and health optimization can we expect? I want you to go deeper. So in addition to, as you mentioned, the continuous glucose monitors or the single lead EKG monitoring devices, we are already seeing ones like BioIntelligence and that uh, they recently did a deal with Medtronic. So they're gonna start widespread distribu distribution. They measure 1,400 different measurements a day. Whoa. Exactly. So when you start to measure those things, you know, because they've got the single lead EKG, they do blood pressure, they do skin temperature, they do heart rate variability, breath, uh, breathing, all of that. Combine that with some of the vocal biomarkers that are going on. Vocal biomarker means using someone's voice as an actual vital sign. And Sound Health has, has um, identified 4,000 unique features to the human voice. So being able to digitize voices, which we've already done, and then understand what the different uh, levels of everything in those 4,000 different features mean and how your voice changes day to day. So think about the fact that we're all surrounded by microphones right now. And then there's a lot of companies that will release their own little microphones that you can hook onto your chest. When things like uh, Hype AI, they are in the vocal biomarker space, space, and all they do is they count the number of times someone coughs. Mm -hmm. Think about that for a second. Mm -hmm. That number is a pretty important number that we have never had access to before. Like if I had a chronic cough and I went to the doctor, the doctor could say, hey, Robin, how's that new cough medicine? Is it working? I could say things like, I think so, doc. And the doc could ask me, how many times did you cough? I don't know, 30, 70, 500, like mm. we do not know. So just having the ability to count the number of times someone coughs can change the equation for disease trajectory or medication efficacy and you know changing the dosage. So you bring in that wearable tech I just mentioned, the measuring of all that, the measuring of the vocal biomarkers, sensors on the wall for things like motion, fall detection, air quality, air temperature, and then you add in things like digital therapeutics, which is essentially having a health coach on demand 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so a digital therapeutic is an app that is sometimes by prescription. Frequently, it's also direct to consumer. And most of them use something called CBT, cognitive behavior therapy, which is a gold standard when you're dealing with anything to do with behavior change. Right. And so uh, companies like Anthem, which is, they just recently changed their name to Elevance, but um, Anthem have already distributed free digital therapeutics for Crohn's, COVID, diabetes, as well as oncology to the people that they cover. So now they're in the patient's life every day, all day long. And so we've got the treatments in the home. We've got the health coach, like right then and there, like helping you out. We've got the 1400 measurements from your biointelligence. We've got the 4,000 unique features from, from Sond Health. Uh, all of that coming together is really not only able to predict health, 
and measure it in real time, but provide the right intervention to the right patient at the right time. Hmm. Whoa. Mind blown. Mind blown. Right. Moment right. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you're you're throwing out new ideas that I've never heard before that make sense. How how is your voice changing? Like how many times did you cough? Of course. Like. Right. Uh, and and how does that cough sound? You know, like that. Is it dry and short, or is it phlegmy and? I mean. I, is it whooping cough? It is a productive cough. Is it a wheezing cough? I mean, pediatricians all over the world would love that data, right? Right, right. Incredible. I want to challenge you, I guess, with this with this next thing. Uh, I can't. I can't help it. I like to. I like to look at all sides of things. Interoception keeps coming up as a coach. I want people to understand what their body is doing, to know their body, to know themselves. I, I hope and I wonder what role or how do we continue to help people develop that understanding of their bodies without relying on these devices? Do you think that there is any risk that the tech is going to disempower one's ability to understand what their body needs without it? I do not think so. And the reason is, is because first of all, these devices are going to become completely uh, seamless, right? So they're gonna be subcutaneous. We're already seeing continuous glucose monitors that are subcutaneous and stay inside for six months. So you don't even think about it, right? It's just there. But I would question, did uh, the invention of the digital clock by your bedside change your ability to understand time? Well, that's interesting. And and again, I'm so glad that you asked that question because you could argue that the, the the even clocks, even regular clocks, let alone digital clocks, may have taken away our ability to notice changes in the day or to be aware of seasonal changes, both externally and internally. So, I mean, I get I get you, but I do wonder about. Even that, like a, a, a like a being out of sync with the natural forms of the world. Well, getting really woo-woo, Robin. Thanks for being patient with me. But you know what I mean? Like, I get your point, but but maybe you're a little bit out of sync with your circadian rhythm because you are looking at a clock. Maybe, but I would argue that like we are not, not very many of us are really in touch with our bodies. And in fact, uh, as a severe chronic disease patient, and I'm also an athlete, I've worked out every single day of my life, 365 days a year for over 30 years. And I was a tri-varsity athlete. So I'm really in tune with my body and I still mistake a racing heart rate sometimes for things like anxiety, when in fact it's it is actually dehydration and I, I need to drink, you know, 16 ounces of Pedialyte. And then all of a sudden I feel great. But even myself with no colon and Crohn's disease, sometimes I cannot tell the difference. Mm, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. How, <laughs> what is this thing? What is this flutter? What is this clamminess I'm feeling? You know, exactly. Why, why is my breathing short? Is it because I'm talking a lot or is it because, you know, I have high cortisol, right? Interesting. Yeah, exactly. So the more data I say that you can get on yourself, the better because data is information. And so instead of going just by your intuition, you can go by your intuition and look into the data and be like, oh, yep, that's why. Hmm. That's very cool. Oh, this is so good. This is so good. 
I'm see, I'm glad I asked that question because I, I, I got that response. I got not like it's about me being satisfied, but, but, but it, it just feels, it feels good to get to the heart of it. Uh, is it safe to assume that you are, you are an advocate for longevity and, um, you know, sort of life extension and slowing aging and stuff like that? Oh, absolutely. I was actually um, wrote a chapter in Longevity 1.0, which is like this encyclopedia of the entire industry. So I'm, I'm very deep into the longevity world. What do you think are some of the most important either products, um, services, or supplements that, that everybody will be taking in five or 10 years that, that people may, may not know about quite yet? See, I think it's not even taking a supplement or a treatment. I think it's really about the stuff we know how to do now. Work out on a daily basis. Get away from stress. Make sure you're not in polluted air, right? Like your air quality is good. Make sure your nutrition is good. Drop all, you know, preservatives and emulsifiers and any of the stuff that doesn't, you, you wouldn't be able to understand what it was in its whole food form, right? Like there are so many things that we should be doing right now for longevity that we aren't. Um, to rely on a supplement or any type of an intervention is the lazy way to do it. Yeah. First and foremost, right? But um, within 10 years, we'll probably be working more on being able to clear senescent cells, which are those zombie cells that sit on the sidelines. They're dead, but they keep like freaking out and freak out everyone else to uh, create inflammation. So getting rid of senescent cells, maybe some nootropics. But um, the big one that I've worked on personally is uh, being able to switch out your organs on demand. <laughs> whoa, whoa. So yes, so um, in the world of tissue engineering and cryopreservation, what we can do now is we can take stem cells from your adipose tissue, which just means fatty tissue. We can extract them, we can turn them pluripotent, which all that means is it's a stem cell that can be programmed to do any type of cell that found in the human body. And we are really advancing on being able to do lungs and hearts that were created in the lab, in part using the recipient patient stem cells so that can be implanted uh, for things like heart disease or lung disease or whatever you have. But the long-term, and when those are on the market, it's going to be another 10 to 20 years, right? We've got, we, there are some biopharmaceutical companies like United Therapeutics, uh, Lung Biotech, Biotechnologies is the name of the company that has lungs in uh, large animal studies already, mm. right? And so that's really amazing. Wow. And so maybe in 20 years, instead of waiting until your heart is damaged or old, maybe at the age of 30 or 40, you just switch out your heart. Wow. Whoa. Right? Switch out yeah. your liver, switch out your kidney. And that alone is going to extend your life because most of us, if we die of old age, most of the time it's because of organ failure. Another <laughs> mind blown moment. Whoa. I'm just, I'm, I'm tripping on that. That's incredible. That's uh, why you need to eat well and exercise now yeah. so that you are young enough when we can do a heart for you that we can switch out your heart. Yeah, I need to go get my glycan age, my telomeres measured now so that I can figure out what, uh, what, <laughs> how young biologically I can stay until I can just swap my heart out or something. <laughs> That's incredible. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Do you, well, let's stay, let's stay on this, this a little bit. Do you, do you think that people are 
you know, do you think life expectancy is going to go up? Cause, cause for the first time in years, it's gone down, right? It's, it didn't drop a year. I know it's an anomaly, but worth, yeah. worth mentioning. Do you think that we're going to be 120, 140 plus 160? Like how, how far do we live? How long do we live? So someone in generation X is, I mean, really very high likelihood if they live in a developed country and they take good care of themselves well over a hundred. There is a phenomenon. We we don't quite know how to extend life in a cell past, I think like 120 or something for a human. I don't know. There there could be some updated numbers around that, but there are many animals that walk this earth that have different areas of longevity beat, right? Like with crocodiles and and sharks, right? They they have incredible things. Yep. And elephants um, have many different uh, P53 molecules, which helps prevent them from getting cancer. And so, yes, if you are Generation X, definitely over 100. If you are Gen Z, who knows? You know, all Mm. bets are off because the, the people who are children now may actually make it to 130 or 140. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. It's, we, I think we're alike in this way, Uh, former athlete, you know, multi-varsity athlete. um, I, I, I did not go through what you went through in your health journey, but I, I'm trying to look young. I'm trying to think young. I'm trying to act immature. I mean, young as, as often as I can, because I know that if I do hold out, you know, uh, if, if I'm feeling young and vibrant at 50 or 60, I was born in 1983. So I'm 39. And, and so I'm thinking if I can, if I can hold on to this useful youthfulness and keep my brain sharp and have lots of love in my life, by the time I'm 65 or 70, there's going to be enough innovations, not only to, to help correct, um, you know, major issues, but just to extend life. And I'd, I'd show you my supplement cabinet because I have a, t- I have a ton of stuff, but um, I, I I think you're right. Like I'm kind of the oldest millennial. And I think that for all of the millennials younger than me, they're, if, if, they can, if they can hold on till 60 or 70 and stay in relative, relative health without major health complications, there's a good chance that they make it to 120, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Think about the fact that healthcare has changed so dramatically that it was only the 1950s, going back to that number, that penicillin was commercialized. Penicillin is the first of the antibiotics, and that is what has enabled successful surgery. So most of the surgical advancements have happened in my father's lifetime. Hmm. If you think about that, that's, I mean, I get chills thinking about that completely because I mean a heart transplant in 1940 like they would have been like what are you kidding people are going to die from surgery like that from the post-infection mm-hmm. so you know surgery was very 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 risky before antibiotics and that was only 70 years ago or even 60 65 years ago that it was commercialized wow mm-hmm. What a great example to illustrate that point. You're right. Like yep. maybe, maybe the surgery was possible. Maybe it took and was successful, but it, it, but without antibiotics to offset the infection afterward, it wouldn't have mattered. And that just is, yeah, that's 70 years old. 
Yeah, that's that's a really great example. That really puts things kind of into context on on, on a timeline. Do you um um do you like the question? Um, how old do you want to live? I mean, there's no no um wrong answer to that. I want to live as long as possible, as help as being healthy and fit as possible. Like I don't want to be an invalid, right? Like in brain dead or something, um, or, or you know severe dementia, but I want to live as long as possible, as healthy as possible. If that's going to be 500, that's fine with me. If that's going to be a hundred, that's, you know, same thing. That's fine with me. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. There was a trend in the sort of biohacking podcast uh, community. It's like, how long, you know, what's your number? What's your number? And it's like, oh man, I don't, I don't know. It depends, you know? Um, Oh my gosh. I feel like there's so many avenues we could go, Robin, because I, I want to know how your brain works in so many different ways. What's maybe one or two of the most off the wall um, med tech or health tech devices? Today's episode is brought to you by BioPro Plus. I love this stuff. Saying, it has made oh, a major change in my life, in my metabolism, in, in my mood, in like my ability to put on lean of, muscle mass and feel as powerful as I want like to feel. BioPro Plus is the faster, easier, and safer non-synthetic alternative to painful, expensive, and invasive anti-aging and hormone treatments. Before you do TRT, before you start taking a bunch of herbs that may not make you feel the way that you want to feel, you should try this. You can go to bioproteintech.com and use the code OPP for $30 off. You know, so you know that. that a sponsor a is a hit when people who have purchased it reach out to me and say, holy cow, Sean, I try this and, and it's amazing. It's blowing my mind. It makes me better at everything that I do. I love having sponsors like this that really make a difference in people's lives. And this product is, it's absolutely incredible. It's growth factors and amino acids that will help you improve your so hormones, become better at everything that you want to do. To so go to bioproteintech.com and use the code remember, OPP for $30 off. With baby stem cells of cancer in our bodies, like it exists. So P53 is actually damaged in about 50% of all cancer cases. Something like 100% of uterine, like 70% of lung cancer, the P53 part of the human cell is damaged. So going back in there with a small molecule and repairing P53 gives the bodies their own ability back to literally cure cancer. Whoa. Yeah. And so uh, pharmaceutical companies, the big ones, have spent billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars trying to make this happen. We spent, of course, a lot of money as a startup trying to make this happen. But that is one of the main oncology kind of things that is the holy grail. Right. And we know yeah. that we will be able to cure at least 7 million people a year, you know, that get cancer because about 14 million now get it a year, um, like off the bat. Like it's so mind blowing that it would be amazing when whoever is able to do that, they do that. Wow. That's incredible. Is that, is yeah. that's what you said elephants have a lot of? Yes. So elephants happen to have a lot of P53, like, uh, and they typically do not get cancer. Why do we think that is? Because of the P53. Because, I know, but why, why do yeah. elephants have it? Oh, I mean, that's like asking why do bananas have something and why do monkeys have something? <laughs> I mean, like we're still unlocking the secrets of the genome, right? Like <laughs> this is all evolution. What, what's your mission, Robin? What do you want this earth for? 
I want to impact 100 million patients worldwide. The reason is, is because I know I'm alive today, not just because of the one doctor that diagnosed me correctly or the one pharmaceutical company that makes Remicade. I am alive because of the $4 trillion US healthcare system that includes everything from the government to software companies, to medical device companies, to companies I've never even heard of that are used in the operating rooms, to even medical schools, nursing schools, and all of that. And so I believe in paying it back by paying it forward. Hmm. What for you is the is the biggest challenge for your continued health optimization? Me, I mean, I've, mine is pretty simple. Um, I have a hard time staying hydrated uh-huh. because I don't have a colon, and your the re- what the colon does is it reabsorbs water, salt, potassium, and magnesium. Like that's really its main function. Um, And so without one, it's very difficult to stay hydrated. And so that would be, that would be a great thing if we can teach my body to hydrate itself better or just, you know, get more, this giant mug of herbal tea. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You ever, you ever experimented with uh, deuterium depleted water? No, I should try that. I'll send you the link. I've done a couple episodes on it. Deuteronomics is the study of deuterium, which is this, you know, this extra heavy makes, makes the water in your body heavy and, and weighs you down. And this, it, it enables, I'm going to get butchered for misrepresenting this, but um, it, it enables metabolic water uh, creation through lowering your deuterium levels, which, you know, a, a keto diet and fasting both, both help, but um, fascinating stuff. I'll, I'll send it over to you. I just, I just figured I'd throw it out there. I'm, I'm releasing a, a number of, of episodes this, this month, um, partly because it's the fall and the mushrooms are coming up out of the bark, and partly it's because I'm going to Wonderland in Miami at the end of the or at the in the beginning of November. Um, feel free to say pass or eh, eh, but um, do you, do you follow the psychedelic industry very much? And and what role do you see psychedelics having in, in health outcomes going forward? Oh, it's going to be amazing. So you have to remember that most of those kinds of drugs are illegal, including marijuana, mushrooms, MDMA. It's a political thing. It's not oh, these are going to kill you and that's why they should be illegal. It comes down to politics and um, not science. And I believe that those uh, cl- that class of drugs can have significant impact on mental health, like huge. And if we think about how many of our military men and women have PTSD, right? After coming back or even just, you know, like basic training would give someone like me PTSD. I couldn't go through that, right? Um, being able to help them would be amazing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the studies are ongoing, as you well know, you know, PTSD and MDMA assisted psychotherapy, you know, psilocybin for anxiety and depression. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm happy to hear that because I, A, A, I'm focused on it. It's part of the work I do. It's, it's something that I'm fascinated and very, you know, um, an, an advocate for. So I'm, I'm happy to know that it's in your purview as well, that, that it's going to be part of, especially mental health. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's just got to be the, it's the political thing. So we can, uh, you know, once we can rectify that, 
hopefully then you know things can take off because it is definitely a type of those that class is definitely a class that all the big pharmaceutical companies would have been in years and years and years ago if it weren't illegal yeah yeah i i i share i share the vision forward that that even folks mdma assisted psychotherapy is going to be offered and and um uh, reimbursable in the next in the short period as soon i think um and obviously we have to be responsible about it and there has to be really high quality people involved in these industries who are highly trained who have their own experiences so that they can come from a place of you know uh empathy um and and experience when doing that stuff but i i think it's i think you're right i think it's really important it's going to be an important part of it you know over the i've been doing this for a couple of years right and hundreds and hundreds of 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 interviews and this idea that healthcare and well and, and even that term i think is going to go away but health optimization is shifting away uh well well perhaps shifting toward sound vibration movement breath and tech that's customized for every single person that's the future of health that we're looking at and it's a menagerie of all these different options that can be customized for you on your path toward greater health and and a better life and to talk with innovators like yourself so so frequently and say like no no this is this is not going to look anything what it looks like now it's going to be very different in the future maybe it involves vr certainly it involves ai maybe it involves you know tryptamines um you got to breathe so breath work is a part of that but this is a totally different vision for health and um so i'm i'm glad there's people like you that are out at the tip of the spear I, it's it's exciting. Like anyone else who wants to come out here on the tip with us, come, <laughs> come join the gang. We'll give you some Kool-Aid. Nice. You gotta drink the Kool-Aid. You gotta <laughs> gotta drink, the Kool-Aid. drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> uh, b- before I ask uh, the final question, which is a fill in the blank question, uh, where where can people learn more uh, about you? Where would you where would you like to send them on the internet? So I am literally the only Robin Farman Farmian in the entire universe. And so you Google my name and you'll come up with my website, the book's website, which is democratizinghealthcare.ai. You'll find my LinkedIn, my Insta, my Facebook, my Twitter. Like you can get in touch with me in so many different ways. Awesome. Perfect. <laughs> That's easy. It's a good, it's a good thing about having a unique name, right? There's, there's only, there's only one of you. <laughs> exactly. No one else is crazy enough to have the last. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to compete with like a thousand really cool Sean McCormick's from all over the world. Why not compete with not compete with them, but you know, you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, well, this last question is a fill in the blank question. And again, it's, it's, you know, it's purposefully designed to catch people off guard a little bit. And this can be based on anything and everything that that you know, um, it doesn't have to be specific to uh, the future of healthcare or you know democratizing healthcare or anything like that. But uh, you can elaborate as much or as little as you want. But please fill in the blank. Everyone would benefit from knowing. Everyone would benefit from knowing that in the end, their own healthcare and their body is their choice. And so knowing that you are the one that has full control over how you feel 
and how you want to live your life. And it is your responsibility to do it in a way that makes you happy, healthy, and helps other people. I love the and helps other people. I think that's an important element. Thank you for including huge. that. That's, that's huge for both happiness, but also longevity, right? If you help other people, you feel really good. It's just you do. And that's going to make you happier, which is going to extend your life, right? Which is going to help you not get sick, right? It's going to help you boost your immune system, your mood, your mental energy, and the people that you surround yourself have a massive impact on your health. Yes, I agree with that. I think everybody can really think honestly about which people are making them feel good after they're done talking with them and which people are making them feel not good when they're done talking with them. I think, I think about, you know, there's like plus and minus people. There's also sort of neutral. You come on contact with people. Do you feel boosted after you're done talking to them or do you feel drained and depleted? And maybe that's something you should look at because yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd like to come, I'd like to have another conversation because there's so many different ways that, that, that I would like to go and build on different uh, trails of thought with you. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll circle back around uh, down the road a little bit to have you back, but really great to meet you. And this is such incredible information. Again, it's really nice to know that there are people like you out there trying to make the world a better place who are intelligent and focused and effective and optimistic. So Thank you for being with me today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thank you. You just made my whole week.